Hello again, and welcome everyone back to Beer and Bayonets. I, of course, am your host, Mo, and it is great to be back. I know it's been a minute. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I was kind of going through some things in my personal life. Uh, I was, To be honest, I was in a dark place. I had a lot of things going on, a lot of negative circumstances in my life, and I got one big key takeaway from it now we'll get into that here in a second but first and foremost i just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for your support for listening for sticking by my side you guys have been amazing Uh, i don't script my intros on purpose because i always want to take the time to thank you individually but really more than ever now Uh, the reason i continue to do this podcast honestly is because you guys keep asking for it. I'm humbled and honored as always. It's great to be back. Let's get after your beer and bayonets. So, as I stated before, I was kind of going through some things, right? But it's no different than anyone else, right? Bad things happen, right? Cancer, death, you lose a job, you lose a loved one, you you get fired, you fail a test, yada, 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 right? Everyone goes through something at some point in their life. And I was really going through a streak there for a minute. I had two friends murdered, not at the same time. A few weeks later, I learned that a close former coworker of mine took his own life. I got really sick. I was bedridden for a while. You know, things just were going down, down, down a dark hole, right? But as I lay there, super sick, you know, I was thinking about this episode. I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself, essentially. And it came to me. Like, look, religion aside, right? Historically speaking, there was a man. Historically documented, I lived a little over 2,000 years ago, All right. went by the name of Jesus, not going to get into religion here, historically speaking, this man was sentenced to death for a crime he did not commit, this is all history, and all he ever did while he was alive, all three of the biggest religions in the world can agree, is that he really tried to get everyone to love each other. All he ever said was, be kind to each other, be nice to each other, do good to each other, clothe orphans, take care of the sick, right? All he ever did was preach love, 
said, love one another the way you love yourselves. Right? And that guy was put to death by the most heinous, most brutal execution that existed of the period. So I got to thinking, if this guy, who all he did was spend his entire life trying to get the world to be a better place, died in the most brutal way possible, what chance do I have? I know. (laughs) Super uplifting, right? This is not that episode, alright? If you're going through it, that's what this is for, okay? This is not going to be the episode that's going to tickle your ego and make you lift 10,000 pounds and tell you you can shake on the world. This episode is real. This is what I have learned, right? You are not your circumstances. I'm going to say that again. There's one thing I have learned. You are not your circumstance. So I've been asked a lot about me, about my story. And people keep telling me, Mo, you talk about everybody else, about stuff you learn, people you talk to, things you come across. What's your story? Well, to be honest, I didn't have the worst childhood in the world. Obviously, absolutely could have been ten times worse. But, that being stated, you know, I got passed around from house to house. You know, dealt with abuse, different forms. My parents split up when I was really young. My dad was like, hey, you're the man of the house now. I helped my mom take care of my two younger brothers. She had her issues. She did the best she could. Single mom raising three boys. But she's still a single mom raising three boys and making minimum wage. And we got kicked out of our houses a lot. And if you've never been in a situation where you come home and you don't know what's going to happen when you flip the light switch. Awesome. Right. I'm so glad to hear that for you. But I grew up in a different time. I grew up in a different situation. All right. There's a lot of times where we didn't have a lot of food. I missed school all the time. I missed well over 100 days of school. My just is back before social services was really involved in the internet and cell phones, right? Um, but, you know, we, we came from very, very, very humble beginnings, right? Grew up in some really, really nasty neighborhoods. And I picked up a lot of, as such, I picked up a lot of bad habits. Right? You know, from the moment I was 13 years old, I was working, trying to help my mom pay bills, trying to help take care of my brothers. You know, when I was 10 years old, my best friend died. You know, when I was when I was 15, my cousin got shot in the face. Drug deal gone bad. And I just kept going. You know. Like I said, could have been way worse. Okay. We always had a roof over our head. We just didn't always necessarily know where that roof was going to be. Right? Or who was going to provide dinner. Or if we were going to have dinner. Or how we were going to come by dinner. Right? And I grew up in the era where food stamps were real food stamps. Not these damn EBT cards now. Everyone looks like they're swiping a debit card. 
we were the ones that were pulling out the papers out of the little coupon books. If you don't know what I'm talking about, God bless you. Awesome. If you know what I'm talking about, you recognize the struggle. But, you know, I hung around the streets. You know, I learned from my uncle who was a former pimp, former hustler. Okay, he did. Caveat here. He eventually became a pastor, gave his life to God, right? He did the right thing towards the end of his life. But, you know, when he was coming up, he showed us the ways. All right. When I was about 16, my mom got married. We moved into a house. I had my first, for the first time in my life, I had my own room. It was great. First time I had ever slept in a bed that wasn't secondhand. Things were awesome. I was working a whole bunch of jobs, but I was, we were living in a nice house. My stepdad was awesome. Mom was finally happy. Things were going well. Always had hot water, lights, food in the fridge. Things are great. I mean, my girlfriend, things are awesome. About six months later, we're dating. She calls my house. She's like, hey, I'm pregnant. Awesome. So, about two weeks later, we get married. Mind you, we're 17. We go to check into the honeymoon. They don't let us. Because for those of you who don't know, you have to be at least 18 years of age to sign up into a hotel room. So there we are, wedding dress and tuxedo in a hotel lobby of my wedding. Can't even check into the honeymoon. Whatever, I digress. We finally got in. It was great. About three months later, I'm hustling and hustling. Sorry, before that, after we got married... She gets thrown out of her house. I get thrown out of mine. We got to find a place to live. Okay. Find a place to live. I get my GED, drop out of school, start working three part-time jobs because I couldn't technically have a full-time job. Long story short, she ends up in the hospital. My wife at the time ends up in the hospital. And we learned it's twins. Yeah, twins. So I'm now 17 years old with a wife and two babies on the way. I had just gotten over the idea of possibly surviving having one. Now I have two on the way. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll keep going. All right. I was sick, I'll be honest. But I knew I'd make it. A little bit after that, thank God I got a good job with benefits and not really any money. I mean, there was days where literally I would, I lived about 45 minutes to an hour away from my office. I would turn on my car and the gas light would come on. And I would literally just be like, please just let me get to work. I don't even care about coming home. I just need to get to work so I can get paid. All right, and I, I always did. Yeah, so I joined the I joined the military. Things are going by. Things are going well. A few years later, I lost three uncles, two very close friends, and this is all while I was deployed, and I never got to say bye to them. That's fine. That's for another episode.
you know, fast forward a few more years, here we are. I think things are going well. And I have two friends very recently murdered, not together, well, just a few weeks apart from each other. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of grieving their death. A few weeks after that, I learned that uh, a friend of mine, a former co-worker, took his own life. And then, boom, right after that, land in bed, super sick, right? And here I am. So that's my story in a really, really, really brief nutshell. And why did I tell you all this? Well, it's not to depress you. It's not to talk about myself because those who know me know that I hate talking about myself. All that to say, I have learned one thing. And that is you are not your circumstances. And the good news is you can overcome it. And you're like, well, how? For one second, let's take a moment and understand that to overcome any circumstance, you got to remain detached. You're like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's wonderful. So if I don't want to be sad, all I have to do is just not be sad? Well, great job, Mo. I'm glad you've been gone all this time doing all this research. Hold on. Bear with me, okay? Think about it. If a friend loses their job, you're going to tell them, wow, what did you do to get fired, bro? No, probably not. If if your friend gets cheated on, and are you going to tell her, Man, you must have just not been performing. I don't know what to tell you. Probably not. If your friend loses, you know, if your friend fails the test, are you going to tell him, damn, you're pretty dumb. You should probably just quit while you're ahead. Maybe this 10th grade thing ain't for you. Right? Probably not. Right? You're going to sit there and be like, hey, don't worry about it. There's other jobs out there. You can do better without that person. Like, you didn't need them in your life anyway, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because you can remain detached when it's not about you. See, when it's not your problem, you can help your friend remain pos- get see the positive or remain neutral and keep that outlook when it's not you. Right, okay, got it. Yeah, we shouldn't focus on the negative. This isn't breakthrough shit. This is what you came up with in the last three months. Hold on, right? So I will prove it to you statistically. By statistically, I mean the actual subject of statistics. Okay. In statistics, there is what is known as the correlation coefficient. Now, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, cool, awesome. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the correlation coefficient, in a nutshell, states in statistics... Basically, your outcome doesn't really matter on your situation, right? And it also states, if you want to get really technical, a negative outcome due to the law of averages is actually more likely to result in a positive outcome next time. 
Now think about that for a second. Mathematically speaking, you are closer to a positive outcome on your next situation than the current negative one you're going through. So remember that. When it's hard to go neutral, when it's hard to think of, detach yourself from the situation, remember that, statistically speaking, you're destined to do better next time. Whether it's that relationship, whether it's that test, whether it's a job, right? You're statistically better, you're statistically more likely to come out on top next time than your current negative situation. But you have to get through the current one, right, for that to take place. You have to get a new job to get a better job. You got to get a new boyfriend or girlfriend to have a better one, right? Now, we just need to understand why we think that way. And it's not an accident, right? It's very easy to focus on the negative. It, it always is, right? The reason is we're wired to think that way. So... Daniel Kahneman wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, essentially, very, very, very briefly, what he describes is that we spend all of our time thinking in two systems. System one is fast. It operates automatically, and it's always on. System two is the logical system that allocates brain power when needed. We love to think that we're logical, experienced, seasoned creatures that take the most thought-out, well-planned approach to any kind of situation. That's actually not true. Sorry for you officers listening. That's not how it works. Human beings are wired to think fast. Why? Because it's efficient. Your brain has spent X amount of years collecting data so that you can make quick decisions based on the information provided, and really, in order to protect you. That's what it boils down to. It's a survival mechanism. So, for example, I'll prove it to you, right? Think about 17 times 39. What's the answer? This is charged by the minute, so I'm going to help you out here. 17 times 39. Most of us know that it's a multiplication problem, right? Most of us myself included, can't do can't do that in our head. But most of us know that the solution is probably not 297,586, right? Why? Because you're like, well, that's, that can't be right. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that's not it, right? Why? Because your system one is engaged all the time to make snap decisions, so you automatically know, one, it's a multiplication problem. Two, it's got to be somewhere in the triple digits. And three, I don't know what it is right off the top of my head. Right? Those are the initial snapshot that you come off with because that system one is always engaged. System two tells you, I can figure this out if I sit down and actually logically do it with a pen and paper or a pencil and paper. That's how you look at every problem. So you have to understand when you're going through something negative, your snap judgment is you are wired to think 
this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. This is the worst thing that's happening. Things aren't going to get better because it's you're going off of a very, very, very fast initial snap judgment that is not necessarily based on logic. So now that you know that, you can pull yourself back from the situation. You can detach yourself, take a breath, and engage that secondary system and think of it logically. And you can remember, like we covered earlier, even statistically, you're better to come out next time. Things are going to get better. Based on the law of averages, things are going to get better. Right? So at the end of the day, what does that all boil down to? Just get up. Right? You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are a product of your decisions. So decide to get up. Because you're never going to get through it if you don't keep moving. Right? Dr. King said... If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. That is the one key thing. All right. The situation is not going to get better if you just sit there and sulk. It's that simple. Refuse to quit. Now, you don't have to be a sailor to know that ships don't sink because of the water around them. They sink... Because of the water that gets inside of them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside and weigh you down. You got this. Beer and bayonets.